Beep, 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 beep. Morse code podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, rip off every kid's movie. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barden. And this is Mad About Tammy. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Mad About Tammy is your go-to Tammy podcast for all things covering the world of Tammy. We discuss Tammy news, Tammy rumors, and Tammy rumblings, and then we break it on down for our favorite Tammy fall of the week. Brian, this week's Tammy moment is... I'm probably the one where she's asking for apple pies or something. I don't know. I'm going to go with Tammy working at a fast food place for 100, Alex. This week's chosen movie of the week is Earth to Echo. Not Tim. These are my best friends. We were normal kids. A couple of seconds ago, our phones went crazy. Whoa! You see that? Dude, it's a map. I want to go. Whatever it is, we'll find out. This is where the map says to go. There's something in there. The original plan, fellas, was to do this movie in February or April. I, I'm not sure what, what it was. It was originally scheduled to come out earlier this year. It's finally out uh, July the 2nd, 2014. Pretty much the only movie to come out that week, the week of 4th of July, supposedly the biggest movie week of the year, or at least it was that way at one point in time. The only two movies to come out, Earth to Echo and Tammy. So we are sparing the people that saw Tammy by not talking about Tammy. What? (laughs) We're sorry. If you went and saw Tammy, you don't deserve a podcast on it. Whoa. We're sorry. Guys, you told me we were doing it. I... (sighs) You okay. didn't get the memo, obviously, Richard, but... We do send out memos. Old-fashioned. Here's our Tammy podcast, hosted by Richard Barden. Ready, go. So Tammy is uh, overweight, and she's married to a skinny guy, and he's cheating on her. And so she gets fired the same day from her, her fast food restaurant because, get it, she's overweight, so she would work at a fast food restaurant. Ah, yeah. Right. And she Players goes. She goes on a road trip with her grandmother, played by Susan Sarandon, who's pretty much I think like the four, same age. Yeah, the same age as Melissa McCarthy. And but she has like makeup on. They go, and then like the old lady makes out with a guy, and Tammy's just she's on a journey really just to find herself. But don't worry, guys, because it's not all like lame like plot. There's a lot of falling down too. She falls down a lot, and it's extra funny because she, she's overweight and she rides a jet ski. Overweight people aren't supposed to ride jet skis. That's, that's funny. That's funny, kid. Yeah. Uh, now you get it. I've never seen that before. Oh, wait. <laughs> Kenny Powers. Ah, uh, yeah. That's true. All right. Great podcast, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. Tammy Talk. For more Tammy Talk. Go well, yeah. America. Richard's actually starting a separate podcast called the Tammy Cast. <laughs> yeah. Tam Cast. Tamcast, okay, Tamcast. I I got the name wrong. Yeah, I, I was gonna go with that. Tammy Talk has some nice alliteration. Yeah, uh, but I just couldn't get the investors I wanted with that name. I don't know what it was. <laughs> so now it's just Tamcast, and pretty fired up, hoping to get Miss McCarthy on the episode next week. So we'll see. My favorite headline though from last week was, "It's a dead heat between Tammy and Age of Extinction for the box office gold this weekend." Well, congratulations, America. Independence Day. <laughs> we're gonna look back in twenty years and be like, "Wow, that's that's what we were doing in 2014." I wow, don't understand why some studio didn't push something ahead to yes. this or push it back. Why is Captain America not coming out this weekend? 
Yeah, uh, it or, doesn't make or sense. Or the How to Train Your Dragon uh, 22 Jump Street yeah. deal. Like, why did you go head-to-head when you could have... I don't know. I guess they're all afraid of Transformers. I guess we'll see how much that makes this weekend. Probably a lot. I think at, <sighs> to this point it's made over 400-something million. By the way, I do want to say um, X-Men Days of Future Past is currently the highest-grossing film of the year with $750 million at this point. Mm. So... Good showing there by the X-Men people, and I think that's a worthy film of the highest grossing of the, of the year so far. It remains to be seen, though, because Tammy hasn't finished its box office run. <laughs> Can you imagine a billion dollar? <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys about this, but I need to share it on the podcast. So I'm leaving. I'm going in to see Age of Extinction for God knows why. <laughs> Just resigned, walking in with I, your head down like Charlie Brown. I sit through Age of Extinction for... 165 minutes. <laughs> I felt like Forrest Gump watching Age of Extinction when he's running across America and he says, Well, I run this far. Might as well just keep on going. You know, I just kept saying that to myself. Like, well, I've sat here for two hours. Might as well sit, sit here for two and a half. You know, what's the, I've invested this much time in it. So I'm leaving Age of Extinction on just a high. I mean, my adrenaline is pumping. <laughs> I'm just super confident. I wanted to Never just go. Felt better. I wanted to go pick up chicks at a bar. You know, I was just like, this is watch Entourage, crush yeah. some Jaeger bombs. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm leaving, and I and this couple is walking out of the Tammy Theater, and it's this gentleman who's with a girl. I'm assuming they were on a date. Which good good work, guy on <laughs> on a taking a girl to Tammy or B. Being t- agreed to be taken to Tammy, and he's walking out, and his shirt says "Swag for Days." So I already like this guy. Just, just my type of guy, you know. Just was it spelled correctly? Was it is D A Y Z? Yeah, it was okay, a Z. Good. yeah, it was. Of course, right. I was out on that guy until the Z. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> brought it back home. He said to his girl, he, he was like, "Man, that was just a movie where I almost had to cover my mouth." to keep from laughing too much. Like, I didn't want to be a disturbance to anyone. You know? <laughs> well, he's a gentleman. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Got to have courtesy in that type of movie. I mean, people want to absorb the plot, all the jokes, you know. There's there's probably a lot of depth to what was happening on screen. I haven't seen it, but I'm just going to go with his with his review. I mean, that, that sums it all up for me. But if a listener has seen Tammy... I already booked him for Tamcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. If one of our listeners has seen Tammy and wants to come on and talk about it with us, more than happy to do that. Bring it on. We'd love to talk about it. We'd love for you to give a, a decent review of this movie. We can do a whole Tam cast of our own if, Whoa, if the people bro, demand copyrighted. it. Copyrighted. Oh, Tammy <laughs> Talk. Copyright. My bad. Tammy Talk. Okay. <laughs> We're starting to regret bringing this, bringing this up in front of you guys. I feel like you guys are just going to shark my guests. Don't worry. <laughs> well, guys, before we talk Earth to Echo, let's talk a little bit of movie news. Movie news. Yes. Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. For movie news this week, guys, I want to talk a little bit of TV news. To start out, I do have one movie thing to talk about, if time allots, but I do. we do have a little bit of TV discussion to be had here. Richard Barton, okay. I want to ask you... You were super psyched about the Girl Meets World premiere, and so I want you to give your review 
of the Girl Meets World pilot. So Boy Meets World was an enormously important show to me as a kid. And an adult. And an adult. I went back through it a few years ago. Brian remembers that. Feeny is a sensei to me. And so I was super psyched when I heard they were bringing it back in some form for Girl Meets World. And I didn't – I forgot it was on. I'll admit that. But then I watched online a uh, the, the pilot. And it is one of the three or four worst things I've ever seen. It's a kid's show that's aimed towards no one because kids today won't enjoy it. And then the nostalgia crowd won't enjoy it either. It has no direction. And I feel bad correct, uh, criticizing Disney Channel's show. But it's just kind of – and it also is just a pilot. And pilots are often, often horrible. And I should preface this by saying this is my one thing where I am like Brian. No matter how bad this show is, I will watch every episode of it until it's <laughs> off the air. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Brian understands. He's with yep. me on this, too, I'm sure. 100%. It's, I have not seen the pilot yet because it, I, like I, said, I was, on, the, I was uh, on vacation this weekend. Yeah. And I forgot about it. But I will, I will watch it sometime uh, this, this upcoming next couple of days. And I, I'm so bummed, dude, because you're, you're certainly not the only person that has told me that. But I'm, I'm 100% with you. I'll watch every single episode. Yeah. Okay, you don't share the the. I don't think you share the affinity that Brian and I have for these characters, right? Man, I was super into Boy Meets World back in the okay. day. I wasn't. I don't think I've seen every episode. Um, I don't own the DVD set or anything. Like I'm sure you guys do. Mm-hmm. But Criterion. Yeah. Criterion. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make one you in glorious call. high definition. Yeah, five point one surround sound. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds as Topanga was meant to be seen <laughs> yeah. by fourteen year old me. <laughs> I know I was into it. I really enjoyed that show. It's definitely one of my favorite shows of the of my childhood. Um anytime it came on, I watched it. So, I mean, I I I can't say that I've seen every episode because I probably haven't, but I've seen a good majority of them. That's for sure. And I love Feeny and I love Sean and I love Corey. Topanga was awesome too. The parents were great. It was a it was a great show. It was well, for sure one of the No Eric no Harley. Eric was great too, as well. <laughs> Eric was the most underrated, underrated cast member for yeah. sure. If they can get Eric on on the new show, I know. I think that could make up for the lack of awesomeness. Maybe Brian, did you know that of all the old cast members, that Harley Kiner himself is one of the few that's actually returning to this new show? No way. That's he. He is. I think I've heard that he wasn't in the pilot, but he's going to be the janitor. <laughs> At the school where Corey worked. So, oh, that's that awesome. Pretty much tells you, though, all you need to know about the show where, like, Eric's not coming back. Right. And they're not using him, but they are going to use Harley Kiner because, yeah. they, I don't know. Apparently, that's needed, you know? Just, just in case the listener's not clear on how serious Richard and I are about our Boy Meets World <laughs> love, we have had multiple conversations about the person who, the actor who plays Harley Kiner. Like where he is in life at this point, yep. And our wishes for him as a human and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Brian and I have pretty talked. Brian and I might have actually become, you know, we were friendly, but I think we became friends because of a shared admiration for Boy Meets yeah. World, right? It's it's like Jack number one, Jack White number two, Dirk, and then probably number three, <laughs> Boy Meets World. Yeah. Like when and if future American Treasure William Daniels, who plays <laughs> Mister Feeney, uh dies and and hopefully that will never happen hopefully he's uh-huh. immortal we're definitely going to have some sort of a wake uh and and, <laughs> and invite mr turner to come and speak uh at, at the wake I, I think it's only fitting it's, it's only fitting and yeah. alan matthews taught me how to become a man 
Yeah. Yes. I, I was going to say, seriously, me, I, I want to be Alan Matthews like as a father. <laughs> that's that's my one of my three like major role models as a yeah. as a father. Yeah, totally. And what, the sad part is the other the other one is uh, Bruce Jenner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty, pretty major bummer. It's it's not good. I mean, it's a Disney Channel show. I get that. Kent, you had a brilliant idea that it should have been an ABC show. Yes. And been a family show instead of a kid's show. I completely agree with you on that. You know, what are you going to do? It should have even maybe been ABC Family. Yeah. You know, like not ABC, the the network, but ABC Family would have been better than Disney Channel. Seven hours of Pretty Little Liars. You have to appease to basically an elementary school crowd with Mm -hmm. Disney Channel. Yeah. Yeah. And Boy Meets World wasn't on Disney Channel at the beginning, was it? Oh, it was TGIF. Yeah. And I I know it was in reruns, which... We're on. I know it was on with Smart Guy back in the day on ABC <laughs> yeah. Family, and I used to watch Smart Guy too. By the way, oh, yeah. Taj Maori, my boy. Yep, Omar Gooding, <laughs> the way the better of the two Goodings. The, the, yeah, Kubo Gooding Jr.'s <laughs> brother, also of Wild and Crazy Kids fame. By the way, yes, Omar absolute. Gooding, awesome. <laughs> Wild and Crazy Kids. Uh, that show was great. I always wanted to play the battleship with water balloons. Never happened, but I know. bachelor party guys. Battleship with water balloons. <laughs> you down? Think yeah. about how cruel Nickelodeon was. Like 90s Nickelodeon. It's like, hey, kid from divorced parents sitting at home watching TV by yourself. Look at all this crazy fun with water balloons these other kids are having. <laughs> oh, man. You'd love if, to do this. But it takes a lot of love you. It takes a lot of organization and money. And you can't do any of this. I would just sit there and watch like Legends of the Hidden Temple and be like, I will do whatever it takes. Anything I can do to do this. And then I would just like look at my like sad apartment I was at at my dad's house and just be like, man, this is this is as low as life gets. It's like this weird torture of 90s kids. You know how many dreams I had as a kid about being on the Blue Barracudas? <laughs> yeah, and- same here. By yes. the way, most impossible show ever. Don't they give you thirty seconds to get through that maze <laughs> yeah. thing? Yeah, it, it was it's... it was accomplished maybe one or two times in the history of the show. And even the host Kirk Fogg, by the way, <laughs> surprised I, I pulled that name out of my out of my Thanks. rear. Kirk Fogg was like, "Wait, what? You, you won! What 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 do we do? I don't think we have a prize for you." They started watching no like <laughs> they started rerunning uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple on some show a few years ago, and I started watching them again because I'm weird. It I watched for like four weeks. Finally, a kid won because like you know it's just so arbitrary. Like they'd be going through this maze, and some weird temple guard would just pop out, scare the crap out of the kid, and then take his money. And uh, one kid won. And uh, I'm pretty sure he grew up to be LeBron James or something. He was like this beast athlete <laughs> kid. The temple guard popped out to like spook him. He just like stiff armed him and went right by him like Adrian Peterson. He was a, he's probably the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my entire life. Was this kid who won Legends of the Hidden Temple, most impossible show of all time? Not only do you have to do physical challenge, but they're also asking you about Aboriginal history yeah. and stuff. Geography, <laughs> <In> a quiz. <laughs> yeah, how would you know that stuff? That there has to have been. That should have been like a quiz show scandal with Legends of the Hidden Temple. I want an investigation. I need to hire a private eye to figure out what was going on with that show because I'm convinced it was rigged. Maybe Congress can get involved like they did with baseball because this is important. <laughs> it's important stuff. Also on the note of Nickelodeon singling out divorced kids. Hey, guys, <laughs> you can come on this show. Family Double Dare 
if you have a mom and a dad. <laughs> but if you don't, no chance in hell it's going to happen. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I just sent you guys a link to uh, what Kirk Fogg looks like now. So enjoy that later this evening. Will do, do. Does he look any worse than Steve from Blue's Clues? I don't. I don't know what Steve from Blue's Clues By the way, like. still alive, Steve from Blue's Clues. There was always a rumor that he just offed himself, but <laughs> he just he, he quit the show. Now I'm looking at a page called What Really Happened to Steve from Blue's Clues, so thanks, guys. Yeah. I remember – with that wormhole. Yeah. I, I don't know if I talked to you guys about this. If not, not, probably not on the pod. But there's this movie called Shredder, which is this horror movie. And uh, Steve from Full House, you know, DJ's boyfriend – Yes. He plays a high school senior in it, like on spring break. And this movie was made in like 2003. Yeah. And Full House went off the air in 1993. And he was <laughs> in high school then. It's like really disorienting because he's still the exact same age and playing the same part as like the dumb high school jock. But he's clearly 34 and a half. And uh, it's greatness. So check out Shredder. I will it's do a, that. It's, on it's, the a, list. Snowboard, it's a snowboarding horror fi- flick. Enjoy. Girl Meets World will probably be successful, even though it's, even if it's bad. I think it'll gain a, a little kid following. I hope so. Kids that watch the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody and just the the Disney Channel shows that have no appeal to adults. Sure. That, that that's what we're gonna have to accept is that it's not Boy Meets World. You know, it's okay. it's a new show for for kids, and that's the bottom line here. But the question is, what show are they gonna reboot? What shows are going to come back from the dead because of this? What shows would you want uh, to see resurrected, if if at all possible? Dream scenario. What was the one with Bronson Pinchot? Perfect Strangers. Yeah, Perfect Strangers. Dude, I kids. watched so much Perfect Strangers when I was uh, <laughs> like when I was homesick, you know, from yeah. uh, from school or whatever. I loved Perfect Strangers. That, my version of that was Bosom Buddies. It was always on like during the day <laughs> when I was homesick from school. The launching pad, of course, of Peter Sklari, should be said, right. launched him into huge fame and some other guy, too. I don't know who. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a step-by-step could come back. Yeah, maybe. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of shows from that I've era. I've got one that... here for you. Okay. And you're going to like this, Richard. I'm sure I am. The Wonder Years, narrated <laughs> by Daniel Starris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got together for a reunion photograph I saw a couple weeks ago. They did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Winnie Cooper still getting it done. Oh, Winnie Cooper! By the way, grew up to be the hot girl that everyone thought she was going to be when she grew up. <laughs> she is a, a bombshell. Like Danica McKellar. Wow, yep. she needs to do more stuff. I I want to be looking at her more. <laughs> <laughs> One way to put it. Sure. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That sounded very like un-American. Like you were translating it. You just got over here from the Balkans or something. Like, I want to be looking at her more. Yes, she is like a mathematician or something. Yes, She's yes. like a genius in real life. Wow, I like her. I want Winnie Cooper and Kevin Arnold to be mom and dad, just like Topanga and Corey, and have their kids with Daniel Stern narration still because. I guess Kevin Arnold's voice still hasn't morphed into Ke- <laughs> into Daniel Stern's voice, even as an adult. Still waiting for that to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I think Boy Meets World is the perfect one to to go for, but uh, I How hope about it step does- by step. But the parents died, and the rest of them, the the kids have to move into the house with uh, yeah. like 
with their, you know, respected others and uh, they're all fighting. All that kind they're of all stuff. fighting over the will. Yeah, like it and, gets and really dark. For some reason, Cody is still living in the <laughs> in the driveway. Um, the show that I was super into, my boom, my boy meets world, was Home Improvement. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I and I know they've sort of rebooted that with Last Man Standing, basically the same show. <laughs> not the same not no one can be the Taylors. No one can yeah, be right. Tim the Toolman Taylor. But yeah. I, they brought Tim Allen back. They're trying to capture that glory again. I mean it's doing well. I think it's on season yeah. three or four or something. And I'm sure it's fine. It'll hit syndication. Man, I was so into home improvement. Yeah. That was a big one. That was my favorite. I would like to get the DVDs of that if they're at all available. I would I would I would go to sleep to those at night. I would I would have sweet dreams to the sound of uh, Yeah, I was gonna say I mean it was a great show, but literally forty percent of every script was just a grunting sound. Just, Remember the bits that they would do on Tool Time with The Tool Time stuff was the coolest. It was like, awesome. I would watch Tool Time yeah. ahead of watching Home Improvement. Tool Absolutely. Time was totally way cool. agree. Totally agree, yeah. And this the stuff they did like the man's kitchen, the yes, man's bathroom, right. man's bathroom. Was, so that was greatness. They need to make a show up tool time. That's a genius idea, Richard. I can't believe I haven't thought of that. I'll pitch. Mm-hmm. Let's pitch that to ABC. Yeah, the, Kickstarter, 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 tool time. <laughs> Everybody know what time it is? Tool time. Tool time. As long as we can get Heidi involved, I'm good. One bet Heidi doesn't look so great these days. But, uh, I don't know. Let us know, Brian. All right. Apparently, I'm just Googling everything today. <laughs> Let us know in the next segment, and, and we'll how divulge Deb- that. How Debbie Downing's getting it done these days. Yeah, that's her name. Debbie Downing. Awful name. I wonder if she ever got made fun of in, in, in high school. I, well, the first one was Pamela Anderson. It yeah. was. Yeah. She replaced her. Yeah. And then somebody wanted to look at her more, so she got a better job. <laughs> she went to uh, Baywatch. Yep, with the Hoff. The Hoff was like, "I want to look at her more." Yep, that's exactly right, and <laughs> he did. One more thing I want to talk about with TV, gentlemen, for movie news. Community is not gone. Yeah, surprisingly, everyone thought Community was gone. I thought Community was gone. It was going to be gone. It got canceled by NBC last season, and apparently, it's being brought back. By none other than Yahoo.com. A little bit unexpected, in my yeah. opinion. Super random. Super random. And what do we think about this? I, I know you guys are more fans of community than I was. I think I've seen the Christmas Halloween specials, the claymation one they did. I saw the paintball episode they did. I saw I saw the random ones that were off the wall that everyone was talking about that I had to see. But I wasn't a huge follower. I haven't seen every episode of that. So I'm going to let you guys give y'all's thoughts on this, on on Community sticking around for at least one more season, they say, and possibly a movie, question yeah. mark. So first of all, you, you need to see the – you need to watch the whole show. Like it's, okay. it really is – it is up there with the best of the best as far as like what – great sitcoms i liked it it's it's similar in my opinion to it's always sunny yeah i like that show a lot but i just haven't gotten around to seeing them i know what it is so i mean i I need to see it and 30 rock i need to go back and watch all those too yeah i I think it's one that like you can totally enjoy like you said kent if you just went and watched the paintball episodes or the christmas episode or whatever you totally enjoy that but you're really missing out on some 
incredible television and it's it's really smart it's really really smart and the stuff that they do is so outlandish and off the wall but they they pull it off masterfully skip the fourth season entirely uh, but the first, second, third, and fifth seasons are all really good. And and like I said, a lot of the best episodes are these randoms that you probably haven't – like people didn't make a big deal about it. You know, It wasn't a cultural impact. Uh, they do a bottle episode that is just it, – it's otherworldly, some of the stuff that they're able to pull off. There's one called Chaos Theory in season mm-hmm. three that is is also just a – just tremendous television. So totally do that. I mean I – Richard, am I correct? Have you you haven't seen season five or, or no, all of season five? I, so I have seen through season three and about four episodes of season four, okay. and I stopped because it was bad because of the new writers. And then yeah. I know Harmon came back for season five. I saw the first episode of season five and then fell off again. So uh, I've got season five to watch. But yeah, at one point it was my favorite show on TV. Continues mm-hmm. to be great, great cast, great writing. It's got Allison Bree, so that's a big perk for me yeah sure. it's interesting i you know but at the same time it's just kind of i mean yahoo's doing some interesting things and definitely kind of rebranding themselves uh with yahoo's screen uh you know it's kind of the free uh streaming service right you know you've got all these pay players and yahoo i think is trying to set itself up as kind of a, a free alternative uh with the all the snl clips and so on and so forth so it's an interesting play by them and i think a pretty smart one but community, I don't know. It's just it's been so on the bubble for so long. It's just kind of worn me out, and part of me just wants it to kind of have a peaceful goodbye. Yeah, and that's nothing against it. But all good things must come to an end, right? And I'm just kind of like, I have kind of tired head over it. But you know, if, if they have fun, good plans for a, a sixth season, I know the whole sixth season in a movie thing's been a big part of the of the show. Then we'll, I'm, I'm open to it. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. I I, I you know I'm I'm much more interested. Um, you know, community has been very, um, open about, you know, they're, they're a show that knows they're very good and very original and that's fine. I, I think it's more interesting from Yahoo's, at least for me, Yahoo's perspective than communities. I don't know. I think it's a really interesting play by them that for original content from a network, um, I, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I, I think so too. And I just, I just, in my opinion, I, I wasn't a big fan of the show and I'm sure a fan of the show can say that it should continue, but at what point are you going to let it go? Like how many times That's do you have right, to be canceled too. to say, yeah, all yeah. right, guys, it's been real. See you later. You know, if, if this keeps Joel McHale from taking the late, late show gig, not worth it in my opinion. And, and I, I say that once again, as somebody who hasn't seen much of community, but I think Donald Glover has talent on his own, doing his own things. Will um, he be back? Because he kind of no. left. He's, he's he's out. He's done. He may he may do like a you know a guest role or whatever, but he's not. Yeah, he left the show in season five. Okay, so I'm assuming Childish Gambino is his full time. Yes. Yeah. Thing right now. now anyway. Okay. Yeah. By the way, I just side note. I saw this picture of Kirk Fogg, and <laughs> it's glorious. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> You're welcome. He's put on a few. He's yeah. doing Volkswagen Passat commercials now. So checking it out now. Things are looking up. Yeah. I want to. I want to know what happened to Olmec. Any Olmec sightings? Anyone? No. <laughs> Olmec just was merciful. Was, he was just put down at the end. <laughs> they just at the end of it. They just put. We gotta find side. Olmec. That Olmec like statue has to be somewhere. We need to purchase Kickstarter for purchasing Olmec and putting him in our house. <laughs> just man cave with Olmec in there has to happen. Richard, you said that you know it is on it is on Yahoo. And Yahoo is sort of trying to become a competitor with 
as far as content with Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, mm -hmm. YouTube, do you think that this is a good move? Shouldn't they have held out for Netflix? Surely Netflix would have would have put Community on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know. Look, NBC and and Yahoo have a familiar relationship, as like the. Uh, uh -huh. I mean, with SNL videos being on there, maybe those just come from Broadway Video, which is Lord Michael's company. But I assume there's some NBC involvement there. So maybe it was something where they kind of handed over the rights a little bit uh, at a cheaper deal. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the, the talk was Netflix and Hulu because uh, it was a very highly hulu show, community was. Uh, but I think maybe Yahoo just made a, you know, they want they want to get in that original content business. And uh, so they just maybe threw the, threw the entire bank at, you know, Dan Harmon and co. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I yeah. think they just probably blew everyone's offer ways. My suspicion. You're probably right. And I, I promise to you guys, I will get into, into community and we'll have another discussion once this season airs about community. And on that note, there's one more thing I want to talk about. That is a movie news, rumors, rumblings, but also crosses over to TV. Guillermo del Toro had an announcement to make the other day. And it was a very short announcement. And it's so short, guys, that I'm going to play it for the listeners right now. Hello, legendary fans. Guillermo del Toro here. I'm in Toronto, Canada, finishing up Crimson Peak, a gothic tale coming your way 2015. But I have a bit of good news to share with you. From now until April 2017, we're going to develop a new animated series for Pacific Rim, continue the comic book series that we started with Year Zero, and most importantly, creating a sequel for the film. I'm working on this with Zach Penn and Travis Beecham, and we are all very happy to be bringing you more kaijus, more Jaegers, kicking each other's butt. So we are getting, according to Mr. Del Toro, as you just heard, Pacific Rim 2 in <laughs> April of 2017, accompanied by Pacific Rim, the animated series. So I think you know how I feel about this. I think you can tell my emotion right now. Ecstatic, giddy. Finally, we are getting Pac-Rim 2, despite it being not the hit that everyone expected or wanted it to be. I'm, I'm super happy that some studio, legendary, found a distributor that can make this happen. Because, as he said in the clip, it's just more robots fighting monsters. What more could you possibly want <laughs> with, with Del Toro at the helm? So, I'm really excited about about Pacific Rim 2, he's not Michael Bay. He learned his lesson from Pac-Rim 1. He'll make it. I, I trust in Del Toro. You can't trust in Michael Bay to make a great sequel. You can trust in Del Toro to do something cool with this. I'm more excited about the animated series than I am Pac-Rim 2 because that could be really cool if if they do it right. If if it's an animation style that, that could be done right, I think it could be really cool. I'm big into cartoons, as you know, as well. I, I binge watch cartoons. I'm, I know I'm crazy. I've done the Clone Wars and stuff like that. I, I just love those universes. And any more content we can get from a universe that I'm into, I'll, I'm all in on it. So any excitement at all for the news that Pac-Rim 2 is happening at all? Well, I'm tepidly excited. I liked Pac-Rim. I, I think Del Toro, I will say, word of warning, is uh, he's a promiser. He always has about 90 different things cooking at once, and then sometimes he puts them on the shelf, as evidenced by The Hobbit, the Slaughterhouse-Five movie, a bunch of different stuff that he always shelves. So we'll see 
as it comes to fruition. But I'm excited. It bums me out because you guys know I really want to see the Slaughterhouse Five movie, him do it. So it's like another two years from him doing that. Yeah. Uh, so that's a bummer. But yeah, I mean, I love Pacific Rim, so that's that's good. I mean, I really liked it a lot, so I'm I'm fine with it. Brian, any thoughts on Pac Rim Two coming out? You know, if you would have told me, if you would have given me this news in like mid-April, I would be super stoked. But now that I've seen Godzilla, I kind of feel like it's I, I'm I'm good. That's that's about as good as it gets for me. I think Godzilla is light years ahead of Pacific Rim personally, just from a personal enjoyment standpoint. So any sequel that comes directly based on the same material is like okay, that's fine. I mean, I'll totally see it. It's great. It's that's wonderful. I'm not jumping out of my seat. I guess. What if I was to tell you, Brian, that you were watching Godzilla? And a giant Jaeger jumps out of the ocean and starts fighting Godzilla. Would that not make it a better film? I think so. I mean, isn't that kind of what Godzilla was? Like, I don't know. I, I, he I was the Jaeger, was a, yeah. It was a fine movie, but I like Godzilla way more personally. So so according to Del Toro, it's going to be nothing but pac for him for the next three years. So unfortunately, Richard, I, I forgot about Slaughterhouse-Five. I was looking forward to that too. I read the book, per your recommend. Oh, good. In, in anticipation for for the movie, it's excellent, and isn't it? It's great. It's super yeah. super easy read. You know, yeah. it took me a day and a half you yep. know, of reading time to do it. It was it was awesome. I think he would do excellent with that source material. I would like to see him do more. Although I like Pacrim, Pacrim was in my top ten last year. I would like to see him do more stuff that he's not familiar with. Like him doing Pan's Labyrinth was incredible too. Taking a Taking source material that is is known and making it his own, I would really enjoy him doing that. But it is an April 2017 release, so it's not really a tentpole summer movie. It's going to come at a time, I'm sure, where we're going to be sick of the February, April, March movies of that of every year. So it'll probably be a breath of fresh air, and it'll be a good way to kick off the summer of 2017. And look forward to our Pac Rim 2 podcast, because... Our Pack Rim podcast has been quite popular. It always jumps up to high popularity on iTunes. Every other week, it, it, it seems like. I know that that movie is making its way on HBO and HBO Go. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. 
In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. But guys, let's move on and let's talk about Earth to Echo. Whoa, what is that? Twenty questions with an alien. One beep is yes, two beeps are no. Are you from space? Do you eat humans? <sighs> I want to start off this this review by saying um, I'm not eight years old, nor did I see this movie with anyone that was eight years old. Well, according to your parole officer. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I not officially. Yeah, yeah not officially. <laughs> exactly. Not officially. <laughs> but I just want to say that if I was with you know that age, I I probably would have loved this movie. I this movie is clearly Richard. I think Richard said after he he saw it, he texted us and said it was so Disney Channel. And I agree with you. I think it works for that crowd, but didn't really have much more than than that than something that a little kid could. Like you could take your ten year old sub ten year old kid to see, and he would really find it fun, but not not much for adults that is enjoyable here, not much more than just a fun little kid's movie. It wasn't awful I wasn't offended by how bad it was. I was offended more by the story, the script than I was by the actual acting the the performances, the direction. Etc. It was fine. I would say I liked ten percent of what I saw. The other ninety percent, I was just like, okay, we've seen this. Just move on. But there were certain cool moments. I think there was most of it was pretty bad for an adult. That's my short and sweet review. What are your initial thoughts on this, Brian Gill? So I. Uh... I, this is what our like ninety second episode or something it's like that. Ninety four, I believe. Oh, look at that! Um, and we very, very rarely disagree on movies. Um, that's just kind of you know we're we're all buddies and we kind of like the same sort of thing and whatnot. I really liked this movie a lot, and uh, I knew Richard had texted and said he didn't like it, and I was looking at reviews and stuff like that, and uh, so I I I I, I third certainly recognize that I am in the minority. Um, but for me, this was like a, this was just like a very nostalgic trip back to movies that I loved as a kid. And you guys are Richard. I mean, Kent, you're totally right. And I, I think Richard's going to kind of echo your sentiments. I mean, it, it's, it's very kid oriented and kid friendly. I don't know, for whatever reason, it didn't turn me, turn me off. And it didn't, I, there was a, a moment about five or, I don't know, five or 10 minutes into the movie where the negative reviews that I had seen up to that point that kind of just bashed it as an ET knockoff, uh, that started to like seep into my brain and I started to go down that path of, okay, this is just, 
this is just a knockoff. This is just like we've seen this before, blah, 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 blah. But and I had this Mac and this, me, Mac and me, part Mac two. and me. Yeah, I had this kind of moment of realization on just like you know what I have seen this before. But ET came out thirty two years ago, and The Goonies came out almost thirty years ago, and all these movies that it's it's clearly borrowing from, if not downright stealing from. You know, I work with kids every day that are you know somewhere between first and and seventh grade. And none of them have ever seen E.T. And none of uh, them have ever seen The Goonies. And uh, those those sorts of – I feel like that was a big part of my childhood was adventure movies and kids doing things that kids can't do. And, and we take that to the extreme of even like Little Big League you know, or Rookie of the Year. Like you put it in the sports setting. It's, it's kind of the same thing of kids – kids – Making Kevin a Elster difference. Performances. Yeah. You know, Kevin Elster getting things done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but kids being able to do things that they're not, you know, generally supposed to do. And I don't, you know, I don't watch a ton of, of live action kids movies these days, but I don't feel like that's a big player in the, the kid movie market. And I think it's, I think that's to its detriment, honestly. So yes, this is totally kid oriented um, and it's definitely uh, very much so a knockoff of of E.T. and, and Goonies uh, and several other films that you could kind of put in that realm. But I really like E.T. and I really like the Goonies. And to mix it together with honestly pretty decent acting, especially in a – a found footage sort of setting, which you can a lot. I think a lot of times, especially kids, kids in a found footage setting just sounds like, wow, this is going to be brutal from an acting standpoint. And I, I actually thought all three of the the main characters were never great, but certainly I, I very rarely cringed at least, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a kid's movie and it's a, it, you know, all the things that people are saying negatively about it, that you guys may say, and and you're, you'd be totally in the right to say so you guys are spot on. Um, but I, in spite of that stuff or possibly because of that stuff, I really liked it. And I, I enjoyed my time in the theater. Uh, I I'm guessing much more than, than you guys. And I, again, I don't know, you know, like Richard, especially Richard was raised on like the Larry Sanders show, you know, <laughs> and I, and I was raised on this kind of movie. And so this was very nostalgic for me. And it certainly doesn't hurt that I've got a kid that, we'll be seeing this kind of movie in a couple of years, you know, and that, that mentality certainly, I admit probably bleeds through, but I've taken up too much time, but yeah, I, I, I expect that when we grade this out on my grades, going to be significantly higher than y'all's. <laughs> I, I really liked it. Richard. Uh, well, you know, Brian has a very interesting point and, I, and uh, he, he's looking at it through a lens that I, I, I have trouble with, right. It, it, he's absolutely right. Because, you know, you're working with kids day to day, you know, you're, you know, that, this is maybe something that doesn't come around. This type of movie doesn't come around for them that often. And I, I'm more than willing to, I, I, my issues with the film were not because they were terrible. It was terribly derivative or anything like that. That's fine. My problem was, uh, what it's derivative from. So ET is kind of my Forrest Gump. Like, I just don't really get it. I don't hate it actively. Like you hate Forrest Gump. I just don't, I don't, I, I saw it as a kid and was like creeped out by it and then watched it as an adult. It was just kind of like, it doesn't move me in the way it moves people. And so I did really like, though, I did really love Super 8. This, you know, hits a lot of those kind of similar notes, you know, and I, I should also say that 
for the listener, Brian loved this movie, but he also saw it immediately after watching Transformers 4. <laughs> That's true. So totally true. Yeah. we should maybe – I'm pretty sure I can show As you – As did like, I, less than 12 hours <laughs> apart. So Brian went back to back, so I'm pretty yeah, sure I can show hour, you yeah. someone just – murdering your family and laughing about it <laughs> and you would be like i mean it wasn't bad it had good parts and bad parts yeah. <laughs> it didn't bother me as much that it had source material it just bothered me the reason i didn't connect with it and i didn't hate it i just didn't connect with it was that that particular source material means very little to me uh i don't think it's bad it just means some so when it's hitting those notes and reminding me of this nostalgic time uh it's just not a nostalgic time for me I'm, I was too busy watching uh, Boy Meets World and Larry Sanders show back to back. Heck of a Friday. It's fine. It's it's it's. You're right. The performances are great for kids. It's interesting with the found footage with kids. It's just to me. The, and I I wrote this down huge in my legal pad. I will send you guys a picture of it. It's just not a July movie, and that, that drove me sure. nuts. And like this should have come out when it should have come out. And I I couldn't believe it was July Fourth weekend. And this is what I was watching. That's probably what bothered me the most about it. If, if I don't know if that's just indignation or what, but uh, could have been Tammy, Richard. True, could have <laughs> been Tammy. Could have been Tammy. You're absolutely right. I agree with you, Brian. This wasn't offensively bad. I I, I was. The reviews were a lot worse than the yeah, movie. Yeah, it is. should be higher on Rotten Tomatoes. It I'll should be higher. That. There's not a lot to hate other than it's borrowing tropes from other movies. Right. But like you said. What eight-year-old has seen Goonies? Right. Other Those than movies a, are 30 years old. Other than like, a parent saying, hey, I used to like this when I was little. Right. You're going to watch it. And it's even just the then, worst thing when you're a kid. Yeah, and, and just by saying that means a kid's not going to like it because what right. kid at eight years old is going to su- really like something that their parents used to like other than maybe Star Wars or something that, that's universal that every, every human ends up liking at one point in their life. But just the fact that your parents like something means that you probably won't like it. So I think this is this is fine for somebody that a kid that hasn't seen any of those movies. You know, this could be a formative movie on a kid that young, like a kid that wants to get into filmmaking, for instance, because they are filming this whole thing the whole time. Like a kid's going to say, "Oh, I want to get a video camera now. I want to film my life." It's the same way. Remember Harriet the Spy. Mm-hmm. The first Nickelodeon movie. Michelle Trachtenberg. With Michelle Trachtenberg and Rosie O'Donnell. Exactly right. After that movie came out, I was shoot less than ten less than ten years old or about ten when that came out. I was like, I'm gonna get a notebook and I'm gonna write down everything I see from now on. It like inspired me in some weird way. And that was an awful movie looking back. You know, this is this could do the same for a kid that young, I think. Yeah. I totally agree, Kent. Like that was something that I thought as I was watching it is the – I feel like this is a movie that in 20 years you're going to have J.J. Abrams or of 2035 or whatever saying you know, so in an interview, yeah, like Earth to Echo. That was a movie that really inspired me as far as, oh, it kind of opened my eyes to the adventure of film, you know. And, and so that certainly probably swayed my – my view of it uh i'm i'm ready to admit but like i said i just i don't feel like there are i just don't feel like there's many movies like this out there these days like first of all nobody makes live action kids movies anymore yeah so 
you know, every kids movie is is animated or it's PG thirteen, pretty much. I mean, and there's exceptions, but it it's very rare these days. And so, to have a family movie that really is about it really is just about kids having an adventure is just such a cool thing that I think it's for, and I'm looking at like reviews and stuff like that. And it's, and I think it, that was such a huge part of, of our upbringing and y'all are a little bit later than me, but, but certainly for me, there was just, it seemed like there was tons of those types of movies and we don't get that these days. So I, I think that it's a, I don't know. I'm not going to fault it for appealing to the audience that it appeals to. And I, you know, I guess that that maybe I'm grading it on a curve, you know, and and giving it a uh-huh. giving it a pass in certain areas where I might not otherwise, but it it certainly didn't hurt the appeal for me as far as, you know, this just this just doesn't happen anymore. Kids don't have this kind of movie to watch right now. You're right. Above all, it really does I, I would I would think for a kid, it inspires adventure. Yeah. Totally. Get off your Absolutely. freaking butt and go yeah. do something, kids. Take your camera with you, but that's fine. Take yeah. your phone with you, but go do something. They yeah. they do have a camera the whole time, but they lie to their parents and say they're playing video games <laughs> so that yeah. they can go ride their bikes and go do something. It's like propaganda for not being lazy. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah, seriously. It's <laughs> like we used to do when we were kids, I'm sure we would go out and ride bikes, build forts. You know, play capture the flag stuff like what I would do when I was little, and now video games have consumed kid culture. If you're not, if you're a kid, and you don't play Minecraft. You're like written off as this huge loser, <laughs> and yeah. it's the opposite. If you sit around and all you do is play Minecraft, you might okay, you might be an architect of hospitals someday, but go out and do have a childhood. You know, this this inspires like Super Eight did, in my opinion, it inspires adventure. And the kid actors were cool, just like Super 8. They were very good. I was impressed with the three kids that they found for this movie because I'm sure 10,000 kids auditioned for this these roles or something. But like Super 8 did, as far as inspiring filmmaking, I think this does sort of the same. I think Super 8's way too scary for a kid. Totally. For and a, for a sub-10-year-old kid. Yeah. And lots of language and stuff, which sure. is, I, I don't I personally don't have a problem with, but I would not pop in Super 8 when I'm hanging out with, with kids. You know what I mean? For As sure. opposed to this, which is like, I mean, really goes out of its way to be family-friendly and clean. Yes. And it's, it's a family movie. I will say that. I, my theater was all families. Mm-hmm. I would say it was mom's dads with their two kids, 90% of the theater, a, lot, a couple of older couples – who yeah. still really seem to enjoy themselves. So these are these are families that could go on Double Dare? Yes, like that. they could. They could go on Double yes. Dare. Okay. <laughs> Their parents love them, Richard. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids were fine. I was really impressed with Tuck. Mm-hmm. His name is Astro. Yeah. He, that's his, was, that's his uh, name on IMDb. I'm not kidding. His name is yeah. Astro. Brian like, Astro Bradley is yeah, his name. He was on... Uh, X Factor, the first season of X Factor. He was a like a little rapper. Really? Yeah. Wow, he was very good. His narration was fantastic too. Yeah, yeah. When he was on camera, I think he was a little rougher than oh, yeah. some of the other kids, but his narration was great. Behind camera, thought, yeah. Yeah, behind camera, he did a great job. Yeah, he did. A, a problem that I had, let's touch on 
some of the stuff that was copied or or borrowed mm-hmm. from the kid Reese Hartwig. His name is Munch. Clearly a ripoff of Chunk from Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. know what what could we name this kid that's similar to Chunk, but not Chunk. Right. How about Lunch? No, not Lunch, because he's because <laughs> he's he's a little bit heavy. How about Munch? Okay, yeah, that works. So that yeah. that, that kind of turned me off at the beginning. I was like, oh great. And the, we get the map, you know, like Goonies, but it's on a cell phone, mm-hmm. and. And of course, they they stumble upon upon Echo, this little I guess machine that they find. It's in this, this crashed little spacecraft borrowed from ET. They they stumble on this alien, and they, they're shocked that he wants to go home. Right. I I just don't see how that there, there could have been more motivation behind his reasoning to be on Earth, and and I mean, it just, just seems so borrowed that aspect of the movie. The Okay, I'm on Earth. Now I want to go home. You know, it that that was just a ripoff. And there could have been more to this than just ripping that whole storyline from E.T. Does that make sense? Like, they could sure. have had an alien on Earth for a different reason than, okay, I crash-landed here. Now I want right. to go home. You right. know, just, it's the same as E.T. It, it's really the exact same, so. Totally. The, any, of the, any other things you saw that were ripped off or borrowed? I've got a couple other things, but. Uh, I mean... <sighs> That that was the big one, but yeah, it is. It's a it's a you know Super Eight, which I also really like, and I know that's not a super popular movie with critics and and whatnot, but I I really love that movie. Super Eight kind of borrowed from E.T. Goonies, Stand by Me, um, several films from you know from my childhood. And did it with a little more subtlety, I think. Yes, yeah, that's what um, I mean. And that that this is definitely this is definitely lacking subtlety on that on that front and in that department. And I don't know if that's if that's a because it's low budget. I don't know. I'm trying to find the budget, and I can't I can't find an, an a, a true estimate. But I don't know if that's low budget or if it's a director who doesn't really understand that or. If they're going for more of an homage than a you know than it then came across, um, but regardless, Super Eight did that much more effectively, I would say, uh, than this than this movie does for sure. Than Earth Echo is, does, but uh, yeah, there you know there's little things here that it there's nothing here that's original, pretty much beyond yeah. adding in the element of the found footage stuff. Like even just the, the basic premise of, I know like, and Richard even that is seen. a rip off of, of Chronicle. Let's yeah. I mean, there's a lot it's of a yeah, black kid and two white totally. kids. You know, that's totally. a, that's a Chronicle thing right there. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. And, and, but even like, I mean the, from the first line of the movie is, is them talking about their houses are about to get foreclosed on and whatnot, which is the main premise behind the adventure of the Goonies and stuff. So, I mean, yeah. like everything is a, is derivative of something else from, from all, my childhood. So, you know, definitely could take points off for, for lack of originality. Uh, if, if you're so inclined for sure. This director, Dave Green, his other projects are ham sandwich, a short film, also a short film called dial M for murder. And zombie roadkill <laughs> seems like a bit of a departure from what he's been doing. Yeah. But I wasn't offended by the directing. Richard, I think, no. said there was a ton of shaky cam. It wasn't as bad as I had expected it to be. 
as far as shaky cam. Um, my only issue it was got my head. It got my it head did. when I was watching it. Yeah, it rarely does, but for some reason, maybe it was just the theater I was in or something. But it was shaky, shaky to me. Well, and and you're what I mean. The way you phrase that is perfectly right, Richard. Because like if. If shaky cam gets in your head, no matter how minimal it is, you won't. Yeah. You can't shake it. No matter. Exactly. I mean, it just no that's the way it goes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No pun definitely intended. <laughs> the worst offender this year for me was RoboCop. Oh, I forgot oh, that forgot. was a movie. <laughs> so did I. It's like, whoa, that came out. We saw that. <laughs> Every action scene in that film was just solid shaky. I mean, mm. they, it's like, okay, we don't know how to shoot an action scene, so you just shake the camera. And everything will be cool. But that was bad. This wasn't as bad as I thought. The, what offended me most was the glitching. The camera would glitch around a lot. They show a GoPro yeah. that that he, he was going to put on his bike. Um, Tuck was going to put on his bike. It's something that they had to probably have gotten permission from GoPro to do. GoPro has to probably be pretty upset. Okay, nobody's going to want to buy our cameras now because they glitch <laughs> out like crazy and, and the footage looks terrible. <laughs> so thanks a lot, Earth to Echo. No one, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, no cam- cameras don't do that. As a videographer, they, if you hit a bump on a road, your camera's not going to glitch like crazy or something like that. But I, I know, I understand it's, it adds to the effect. Supposed to add to the realism of that this is really found footage. That's one, that's a very small issue. Another very small issue I had was how did they get the footage from Echo? Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they kept showing, cutting back to Echo's point of view. And did they take an SD card out of Echo before he <laughs> decided to get back on the ship and fly away? Hey, before you go, we need that footage for our little movie here. But thanks. Another very small complaint. Echo himself seemed a little bit derivative of, of Wally, just the way he, he acted. And his design, in my opinion, seemed inspired by the little alien from Men in Black. When when the guy's uh, head opens yeah. from Men in Black, yeah. it looked like a digital version of that with the two big eyes. Mm-hmm. And especially at the spoiler alert coming at the end, if you don't know, Echo <laughs> Echo flies away on his ship. But <laughs> Echo goes home. Echo goes home. This is Men in Black. You know, yeah. th- this little alien is like that little guy in Men in Black. So there's a lot of little homages. Brian, you're right. I, I just don't know whether to classify them as homages or ripoffs. Right. Yeah. You know, that's that's, that's the totally. debate. Totally. Absolutely the debate. Any issues you have with it, Brian? Uh, no. Like Other than that. It's not a perfect film. The You know, I, I, I grade kind of on like the I, – I feel like there's a certain level of this is what – this is as high as this movie could go. You know what I mean? Like we're, it's, it's like gymnastics in the Olympics. It's your routine is, is, uh, is valued at this level. So I don't think this was a movie that was ever going to be, you know, some sort of blockbuster or, or, uh, Oscar contender. And Richard, you're totally right. It shouldn't have come out in, in, uh, July. This should have been March, April, or even like late August when summer's pretty much over, but you want that, last little push before you get into the kind of the doldrums of September or whatever, something like that would have, would have suited it better. But I also can't fault them for saying there's freaking nothing coming out on 4th of July. Let's take it, you know, let's try and take advantage of that. I will say this, the kid that plays Munch and whether it's his talent or the director's talent, like they use that kid very effectively for a little bit of comedic relief and just, I don't know, just a little bit of honest nerdy nerdiness. Um, 
which was good. So no, like I don't, I really don't have just a whole lot of complaints beyond just what you know what we've kind of mentioned already. It's you know it, it's not a great movie, but it's certainly one that um, I I didn't I didn't dislike for sure. I just kept having to tell myself, okay, this is a kids movie. Yeah, I yeah. can't be I can't be Kent Garrison movie critic on this really because. I have to judge it for what it is. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line, in my opinion. It, it's if you were eight years old, would you love this movie? A hundred percent, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. I would have loved this movie when I was that age. It would have been my favorite movie of the year for sure. Totally. The, totally. The, the audience loved it. I mean, even the older crowd, the people that obviously don't get into the theater that much, a lot of the jokes really worked on them, especially the yeah. the munch. Acting like his mom on the phone <laughs> uh, gag yeah. it worked every time. And, and when his mom – and by the way, I, I really enjoyed – I guess this was in the scripts, I hope, or maybe it was improv on, on the day of. But so, so the ship flies away or, or pieces of the ship fly up out of the street and this ship assembles in the sky and flies away and, Earth, and Echo flies away. I was just thinking, I was like, okay, did, did nobody see that? Not, not one person came out of their house to say, okay, what the heck's going on? Not one car drove by. It was just the kids standing in the street and seeing this. And Munch's mom comes by. Did anybody see the giant spaceship? Yeah. Okay, that's funny. You know, I was, I was already writing in my notes, why didn't anyone see the ship? <laughs> when, she, when I looked up and she said, did anyone see the ship? So I appreciated that for yeah. for people well, like me who are thinking that exact thing when when that happened. So sure, not a lot to compliment here, other than it, a kid would enjoy it. I, I see the advertising campaign, the the TV ads they're running right now say kids will love Earth to Echo, which mm-hmm. was a review, and and that's spot on. Kids will like this if you've got a kid sub ten years old, maybe even ten. I'd say to twelve or thirteen. Yeah. They could they could enjoy Pre-teen. this. Pre-teen, yeah, and sure. if your kid's yeah. driving, not going to be down with this. Probably mm-hmm. not going to think it's cool. But I mean, like I said, it is what it is. It's a kids' movie. I can I can understand. I can I can judge it on that scale. Richard, do you have any issues or other complaints on this before we give grades? No, I really don't. I mean, it, it, to me, the only issue, the biggest issue I had with it, and this is just who I am as a human. I was just bored a lot during it. Sure. Just because we've the, seen it all before. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, but it certainly it was perfectly well made. I'd watch another movie from the director. I look forward to see what the actors go on to do. But uh, just this didn't really move me much. But yeah, we can go on the grades. That's fine. Brian, what what would your grade be for this? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a B plus. Okay, I'm gonna go B minus, just because. Uh, like I said, for the reasons I I mentioned. Totally reasonable grade. Richard, grade? I'm going to go C+. Okay, cool. Well, guys, I'm looking forward to the rest of the summer. We've got Dawn of the Apes next week. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is is still on the way. We've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson, our favorite guy, starring in Hercules, coming up later this summer. And so the summer movie season's almost over. Hard to believe. Thank God. I can't believe it. it's already near the end. I remember last summer when we were talking about Pac Rim. Great times. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it was July 4th last, last year when that came out. So let's move on, guys. Let's talk Weekly Recommends. Weekly Recommends. Brian. Yeah. So uh, I was watching... 
Comedy Central yesterday. I was watching a little... uh, I, I don't know. It just happened. Like, I very rarely watch live TV, but it was one of those moments where... I don't know. I don't have very much on the DVR right now, and... I think it was like later in the e- anyway, whatever. For whatever reason, I ended up watching live TV and uh, just happened to catch a little show called Nathan for You, which uh-huh. I had not heard oh, of. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And uh, it was the season premiere of season two. I think there are seven other episodes for from season one, and uh, I laughed a lot. Like I, re- it was really. It was significantly funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like the first five minutes, I just kind of stared at it, like what's happening here, and uh, kind of quite figure out what to do with it. But once I, once I kind of got the the bit um, where this he's a Canadian comedian and he just he goes from place to place supposedly, and I don't know how much of it is real, how much of it is fake, but he tries to help small businesses. Um, succeed with just these really outlandish suggestions and like he made this guy who was a mechanic he, he had he got him hooked up on polygraphs and like whenever he gave an estimate for a car repair he you know to make sure that he was telling the truth and they advertise it's very dry and strange sense of humor um but for whatever reason it really worked for me uh and i've i i, rec- I went in the on demand and got the full first season and watched a couple of those uh, last night and uh, and really really enjoyed it. It's 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 like I said, very dry, very strange, um, but a lot of fun to me. And uh, it's it's solid for you know you could watch the entire show in two hours, pretty much, and uh, and I think enjoy yourself. So you know, give it a shot. Maybe in five episodes, I'll be like, oh my god, I can't believe I recommended this. this is terrible. But the three or four that I've seen so far, uh, I, I I really really enjoy. Nathan Fielder is the guy. Uh, yeah kind of strange comedian uh but nathan for you on comedy central it's called did you guys ever watch silicon valley yes I have not Season yet one. oh yeah okay that's a summer summer binge easy there's only yeah. 10 episodes they're 30 minutes so that could that's y'all's that's my recommend for y'all sweet but i want to recommend to the listener i i have been podcasting a lot lately or listening to a lot of podcasts and one of my favorite people of all time recently sat down with Mark Marin on the WTF podcast, which is a really fun celebrity interview podcast. If you're not familiar with it, he Marin is a really good interviewer, despite what you think about him or or you know your your opinion of him with his political you know Air America days or, or whatever you think about Marin. He 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 asks all the right questions. He he really gets to know does his research beforehand and, and asks and really gets these people to tell their stories and, and stuff. So one of my favorite people was on there, uh Shepherd Ferry, who is is an artist, street artist, who back in the day started a guerrilla movement called Obey Giant, in which he basically by himself would plaster up pictures of Andre the Giant stickers mm. or stickers of Andre the Giant everywhere he went just because he wanted to see how far it could go. And I mean, he started back in the, in the mid to late eighties, just going to Kinko's and printing off this design, uh, this sticker that said Andre, the giant had a posse in which he just made a stencil from a newspaper of the picture. And it was an inside joke. It started at first, but, but you know, pre-internet days, 
newspapers would write up what are what what does this sticker mean who is this is this a band and he just loved the idea that nobody knew what this was and so he started to spread it out like crazy i mean he made he made it into a brand called obey in which is is a huge clothing line now obey clothing you've probably seen the andre andre the giant face you know obey face everywhere you might not know what it means or what it is but it's basically just shepherd who says you know, he, he admits to himself that he has put up over a million stickers just by himself. <laughs> Everywhere he goes, he has a pocket. And he just every sign he sees, he just puts them up. Really awesome guy. I had a chance to meet him a few times. I, I met him at South by Southwest when I was in a local band, and we were down there just trying to meet people, promoting. And he he DJs under an alias DJ Diabetic with a K <laughs> because he's a diabetic and he just really enjoys DJing. Nobody knew that what his DJ name was, but somehow we knew what it was. And we saw he was spinning at this random party at South by Southwest. We walked in. There was nobody there, just him DJing. And we went up to him and and just the most down-to-earth dude, he ended up sending us a bunch of free T-shirts and stickers and just really supported our band in a time where we were nobody. We were just a local Dallas band. Nobody had heard of us. He hadn't heard of us. He didn't give a crap, you know, but he was just really awesome guy. Just loved what we were doing. Loved that we were passionate about what he was doing as well. Just so, so cool. Just one of the biggest street artists of all time and, and a super inspiration. Definitely one of the biggest modern street artists of all time. He, he created, you know, made street art, modern art, basically. And, he became really famous last couple of years ago in 08 when he did the Obama Hope poster that everyone's probably seen the the image that Obama used basically for his campaign with the red, white, and blue um, face of him saying with the words hope underneath it. And he was Shepard is is a really big hater of George W. Bush, and you know he has his reasons, of course, but he really was inspired by Obama to make that poster. And so when I was on another flight going to New York, um, I, I was standing in line to board the plane and lo and behold, standing right in front of me is Shepard, <laughs> Shepard Ferry. I was like, holy crap. I, I mean, what are the odds that I would see this guy ever again in my life, let alone right there in front of me in the line? So I ended up sitting next to him on the plane. What are the odds of that? And he was actually on his way to go defend himself against the Associated Press for using that picture of Obama without permission. So he was <laughs> on his way to New York to go combat that, and a settlement was made, but just... And he remembered us and everything. I mean, at that point, we were a signed band, and and he was so happy for our success and everything, and just even more down-to-earth in our success than when we were nobody. So as a person, just... I mean, I'll probably never meet the guy again, but, you know, what are the odds that I would meet him twice? But just... Can't recommend it highly enough, the the conversation he had with Mark Marin, just talking about how he was inspired by Warhol and, and he went to art school. And the Obey Giant movement is just fascinating to go um, delve into. And even if you're not into art, it's just a, he's just a really cool guy and it's a great conversation. So I would suggest listen to him on Mark Marin, Shepard Fairey, and go look into his art. I have a couple of Shepard Fairey pieces that I've ordered off ObeyGiant.com. I've got a Black Keys poster that he did. Um, for Madison Square Garden show that I have hanging. I love rock posters and anything he does involving that I'll pick up. And I have a recommend next week uh, that involves him as well. That's a movie involving 
involving Shepard Ferry as well. That is, is excellent, excellent stuff. So stay tuned for that next week. But in the meantime, go on Mark Marin's pod, the WTF pod, and check out the Shepard Ferry episode. I really enjoyed listening to that this week. And then, guys, you need to check it out. It's really, really cool. I don't know if you're cool. familiar with his work or art at all, but as an artist, it really inspired me in my, in my youth to go do what I did and go to art school and all that stuff. So very that's cool. a long, very long-winded recommend, but definitely worth your time if you check it out. So cool. cool. Richard, recommend. Yeah. I'll be quick with uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee coming back this week. I'm going to throw back to uh, uh, an old stand-up uh, now about 15 years old, the uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Tony for the last time. Watched this again the other night and uh, still really funny, timeless, good good classic stand-up if you're a fan of stand-up. Uh, it's all of Seinfeld's material from the 80s and 90s and he did it one last time on Broadway before he threw away and sort of rebuilding a new act. Uh, some classic bits in there you've heard but also some you may not have. Uh, just very well delivered, all that good stuff. So I won't go on too long but Jerry Seinfeld, I'm telling you for the last time, check it out. It's great. I love that article you sent along about the Seinfeld machine. Oh, economy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What was it? 3.1 billion that it's generated yeah. since it went off the air. Correct. Unbelievable. And what? 500 million each to Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Just nuts. Can't, I can't believe Jerry still works. Can you believe that? I know. Larry too. Yeah. Larry is as well. That's, it's just crazy to think Jerry still does stand up twice a week. Yeah, that's insane. Two, two days with kids. He's got like four kids or something. That's just to stay sharp, just because just he likes doing it. I, I would love to live in New York and just be at a be at a bar and just in walks Jerry doing stand-up. How awesome would that be? But uh, really cool guy. I know, Brian, if you, want, if you want to take this time, why don't you like Seinfeld? Just too whiny, too whiny for me. And it's not that I don't like it. It's just I, I don't. I don't hold it in the same high esteem that most people do. I get why people like it and love it and think it's the best sitcom of all time. And I, I don't have any way to combat that. I just, you know, it's Jerry doesn't bother me, but, but I don't know. George After a while, it's George. It yeah. really, it's, it's all three. It's like, it's, it's Jerry and George and Elaine, like when they get together and I'm just like, please stop whining. Just, just stop whining. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. And again, I've seen I bet you I've seen oh, I don't know. How many episodes of Seinfeld are there? Like there are nine seasons. Okay. Yeah. I've probably seen I definitely have seen over a hundred episodes, I yeah. would say. Just in syndication in various times. And some episodes I've seen dozens and dozens of times. Like I know plenty of enough to like hold my own in a conversation, you know, about Seinfeld or whatever. And I hold no ill will towards it. It's just I don't love it the way that I love like The Office or 30 Rock or, you know, whatever else. This doesn't excuse you from taking the Kirby enthusiasm journey. I know, but I'm a completist. I can't I, I started last year and then I lost HBO for a while. I'll I'll do it. I'll do it eventually. I've started Get on my back. I've started I've at season I've started at season one again of Curb and it's incredible how similar season one is to what season seven they're yeah. on now. Like it's the same show. Like <laughs> there's no growth at all from season one to seven. That's amazing in a in a sitcom. You never sure. see that you could watch season seven an episode and then go back to season one and watch them 
twice in a row and not notice a difference other than yeah. aspect ratio or something, you know, right. that's incredible. Same music and everything. I mean, okay, we're going to use these two songs and nothing else for the entire history of this show. And everyone looks the same. It's just, I just, I forgot about like how well it holds up every season of that show. does. really cool. You need to do the Seinfeld binge. Uh, I'm going to Richard. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to knock it out soon. Do it. It's really, really cool. Cool guys. Great talk. Earth Echo. Go see it. If you've got kids, especially. And you know, there's, there's stuff to like also stuff to dislike. We'll leave you uh, to be the judge of that. So Brian, where can I find your work online? You, uh, you can find me on Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing at can Richard, where can we find you? You can find me at Richard Barden on the Twitter. Kent, where might I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find our show online on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on Swell, and on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And on that note, guys, until next time, we will see you watching Tammy. Goodbye. Goodbye. And she says, I wish that I could be like